Hello, welcome to Culture Fear. 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 That song does my head in, but let's put that to one side, shall we? Hello, welcome to Culture Fear. I am your host, Sean. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, you're here to hear me talk to um, Ellie and Louise from Heathers, and we'll be getting to that shortly. Um, just want to talk about what a, um, I guess, yeah, this podcast was supposed to be out last week, but I didn't really know what to say, so I've kind of sat on it for a minute but um in this intro but yeah between this time it's been really quite a sad angering time um with the 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 killing um by a british policeman of a um of a woman and the responses to that um i think we should all say, well, yeah, I think we, we've all got to do our bit, I guess, to try and change the ideas, and I'm just going to talk from my perspective, which is as a white man, I guess, um, so I guess I'm talking to other people listening that are in the same place, but I hope that we're responding from a place of love and hope for everyone around us rather than defensiveness. Because I know that there's been a lot of backlash from what um, from the uh, not all men camp, and as well as of course from the institutions that us we are told are there to protect us. Um, but yeah, don't fall into that defensiveness. Listen to what people are telling you. Also, look out for your friends because what can you do but be there for your friends like that's what you should be so think about what it means to be a good friend think of and think about what it means to could be a good listener have some try and be emotionally intelligent for the people around you and check in for um the people you love especially thinking about people that um are targeted a lot more than like i said myself a white man and if you're not really sure reach out to the people that you that you look up to with the way that they think about things in a really nice way and say if you've got the time please can you send me something to read about this because I'm confused at the moment or things like that but yeah please make sure that you're thinking about things properly and you're actually doing something and you're trying to be part of the solution and you know there's not going to be a solution tomorrow but you know I think it starts with if you're not a, if you're not a quote-unquote nice person if you're not doing your best with in your personal relationships and it doesn't matter so much what you're doing what you're putting out there in a broader sense like we need to make sure we're doing this this is a culture from the bottom up that we're that we're putting out there i haven't written anything to talk about before this this is me just off the top of my head but yeah please reach out to the people reach out to people whether it's the people around you that you love whether it's people that you see may not have people to that are reaching out to them and just say how you doing you know ask how they are 
ask how they've been. You don't have to talk about anything in particular. You don't have to bring up, oh, I've seen this, I've seen that. Just, just reach out because that, you know, we're all humans at the end of the day. I'm not saying we're all like, I'm, but like humans like to be invested in and know that they're cared for. So please do that um, because it is a really sad, confusing, um, angry time. And so it should be. And again, it seems like the British establishment have used this somehow. They've used this to stamp their authority even more, as well as as well as um, with with violence that we know. But physical violence, we see a lot of violence that they use in a way that you can't just be like, oh, but they're even using physical violence and we're even seeing um, the, yeah, the British government clamping down on the way that we can protest and it's disgusting and think about what you can do to try and fight that. I'm not saying what, what, what it is you should be doing, but think about what you personally can do to fight that, whether that's signing a petition, whether that's physically being somewhere whether that's donating something, whether that's your time, whether that's money, whatever that is. You know, just think about it. Um, but yeah, this podcast, this episode, it was really, really great. Heathers have actually been on my list of people that I wanted to reach out to and talk to from the very beginning of this podcast. And I always just felt a bit nervous too. I still feel nervous every time I reach out to someone um, to do this podcast, whether it's like someone I talk to regularly or whether it's someone like Heathers that I'd met previously very like not like just briefly um but yeah it was such a great conversation and as you'll hear it was nice to get into my like nerdy nerdiness um with like oh I've heard about this before is this true kind of thing which is funny and daft and yeah I hope that you really enjoy this podcast because like I loved it again like I've said there'll be more next month um, there'll be more there's loads more go back if you if there's things that you like yeah but yeah most of all look after yourself and I hope that you enjoy whatever you're doing at the moment take care of yourself and I'll myself and Culture Fear will catch you soon peace and love just as a quick edit um, add in here just a content warning we do talk a lot about the record label Planet X we don't talk about the person that ran it we don't talk about the harmful behaviours that person um, exhibited um, and the harm he caused. Um, It didn't seem appropriate to talk about those things in this conversation, but that is a content warning that we do talk about Planet X Records. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Look after yourself. Take care. Hello, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks a million for having us. (laughs) No worries. So, um... This is, um, so you're both in separate places now. We are, yes. So I, this is Ellie speaking, by the way, and it's going to get probably get confusing because we have been known to have exactly the same sounding voice. So <laughs> we probably won't be able to tell who. But um, so I'm in Dublin, Ireland. And then Louise, do you want to introduce where you are? Uh, how's it going? I'm in Hamburg in Germany. I just moved over here at the start of January. So yeah, it's it's very strange to be uh, chatting away on um, in, in, in different different locations across different seas. But great. What took you to Hamburg? I have started a new job over here. I, I in Dublin for the past five years I've been teaching in BIM 
British and Irish Institute of Modern Music. There's a few locations in the UK and there's one in Dublin. And I got offered a job over here very kind of last minute. So yeah, moved over for that. And I also love it over here. We've 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 done some gigging over here over the years and I always loved this city. I don't know, have you been to Hamburg before, Sean? Yeah, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to spend go over a few times actually. Okay. I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's a cool spot, yeah. Although everything is closed at the moment, but I'm looking forward to exploring it a bit more because I hear in, in particular the music scene is meant to be great over here. So yeah, so that's that's why that's what takes me to Hamburg right now. Cool. Nice. Um so are you both are you from Dublin? We are. We were born in Dublin in 1990 <laughs> and um we've pretty much lived here our whole lives um apart from obviously Louise is headed off now I live I was living in New York for two years there recently but um aside from that we've lived in Dublin our whole lives um and absolutely love it yeah yeah it's a good spot <laughs> yeah yeah so I guess yeah it must be strange leaving Dublin when there wasn't much that you could do to like underline that to then move to another city that it's not as much is not as open as it normally would be yeah totally with everything closed it's hard hard to get a a feel further to meet people necessarily but do you know what though I'm seeing I'm trying to see the positives in it like it's it's a good way of I guess settling into a place like I don't have the time or sorry I don't have the freedom to be able to to meet people so it kind of forces you to just like I don't know, settle in in your own personal way, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, and at the same time, like everything in Dublin is quite, again, pretty much similar, uh, closed up, nothing open at the moment. So it's not as if I was doing a huge amount there <laughs> either. Yeah. Did you manage to get your, like, have you got a good um, running routine then? Have you found a place that's quite nice, a certain... Bruce? Route, that's it. A yeah. route for running, not exactly. Do you know what? And I, 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 I usually I do enjoy running just for for exercise and mental health, but and I I've been trying to keep it up while I'm over here. But it's been I think we were just saying a few minutes ago that it's so uh, cold here at the moment and it's like been snowing on and off for the past two weeks. So it's kind of tricky to go on any kind of a longish run longer than around like. I don't know, fifteen minutes. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, there's loads of cool canals around here, and there's the the River Elbe, which is um pretty beautiful. Like everything I've seen so far is really, really, uh, it's it's a nice city and a very green city. So I'm looking forward to exploring that a bit further over time, finding more routes. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I guess um we could probably <clears throat> just go back to, um the start with like you two so have you always played music yeah we kind of we come from a pretty musical family um our dad's from the west of our clare in the west of ireland which would be very kind of traditional irish irish music um would be very would have been a, a big kind of influence for him and um our parents kind of always encouraged us to pick up instruments and sing and kind of you know we would have at, at any big family gatherings we would have been forced to sing um which we hated for many years and then 
I suppose in kind of in our teen years, um, our brother, who was a big kind of musical influence for us, Martin, he was in loads of different bands and we started going to see him play gigs and kind of got introduced to kind of underground music scene in Dublin um, and became friends with lots of amazing people who were all interested in playing music and who were in bands and then the kind of only natural thing for us to do was start writing music ourselves so when we were what age were we Louise probably 17 when we started writing 17, yeah. yeah yeah or maybe that's when we we first started releasing music but um we started writing together and yeah that's when Heather's was born yeah absolutely amazing and um like I always remembered like seeing like flyers of shows and it'll be like I guess yeah like crowd control and heathers on the same bill being like god that's so cool that is so cool Uh, so it was like dublin like a good city for the mixed bills and things like that i think so because it's just it's such a small city uh, and a small music scene probably in comparison to a lot of other cities that it's just naturally um you would have these yeah completely mixed um running orders or you know a bills on a on a on a gig night and I think but even before crowd control when so when we started kind of going to gigs instead of we started writing music and, and form tethers I guess we were going to um I guess the, the, the kind of folk punk scene was quite big in Dublin um influenced by what was going on in maybe in the states and the UK at that time and that would have been the more kind of prominent music scene, mixed with kind of hardcore, uh, in 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 Dublin. And but again, you'd you'd have within that complete array of, as you're saying, like really really heavy bands, and then like folk acoustic guitar, you know, um, mixed with more kind of electronic stuff. So I'm answering this in a very roundabout way, but <laughs> but. Essentially, yes, <laughs> there have always been. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's been kind of like different scenes that have developed over the years. Like that, that I, I think that that kind of DIY folk punk focused scene has kind of disappeared in Dublin. But there still is to some extent quite a strong kind of like more heavier kind of um, hardcore uh, scene going on. So things have just developed and changed over time. But for the most part, like. The, the lineup for gigs was always quite open and it was a real kind of strong sense of community. Yeah, because that folk punk scene um, seemed to have such a moment in like, yeah, like you said, the UK, Ireland and, and like America, um, mm. especially like um, the Planet X stuff and like the fests and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then I always found that quite interesting that like certain parts of that, like, so I guess for like, myself and like a lot of my friends like heathers um that first heathers record is like such a like huge record um for yeah and it's <laughs> even to the point where it's like certain people you're like oh do you like that record and when they're like yeah you're like oh cool like they kind of they know that like it's just such a huge record but um it's interesting that like for me it doesn't sound like folk punk at all but yeah, I think. I, oh, sorry, go on. 
No, 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 you carry on. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like, I think that's the scene we were kind of immersed in and that's kind of the music we like it was kind of and what we were influenced by what we were listening to at the time but I think kind of growing up we listened to such you know everything from as I said like traditional Irish music to like you know American folk um to the likes of Bruce Springsteen we were influenced and like pop music so myself and Louise were influenced by so many different types of music that when it came to us writing music we were we were definitely taking from that kind of folk punk influence but at the same time like I even hear when I listen to that first album the way that we're kind of delivering the our vocals the way we're singing I can I feel is very heavily influenced by what we were listening to at the time which was that kind of you know the, a lot of those US bands UK bands um, from that scene but at the same time I think it kind of had our own stamp on it as well which was very melodic and um, yeah so was which was probably influenced by other uh, styles of music would you say that Lou? I think so. Uh, the thing is, like, when we started Heather's as well, I we had no idea how to write a song. We just, like, I, I learned guitar. I started learning guitar when I was um 17. And uh, sorry, I know, like, actually, probably most people starting off writing music don't know, don't know how to write a song. But I guess just we had, we were just doing it out of kind of experiment. Like, it was kind of like, oh, will we just, I think I, I started learning guitar and one day started just, like writing something and then went into Ellie Ellie's bedroom because we live in the same house asked her to put harmonies to it and it just kind of I guess what I'm trying to say that there was just no method or no kind of um structure to any of it it just kind of flowed out and I'm not saying it was all easy because you know there were definitely moments of like oh Christ we need to write another few songs for this album but we had no idea of like kind of song structure or well to some extent I guess we would have from listening to stuff but I we'd never thought about that in a in a kind of a method way if that makes sense and sorry go on now I was just going to say I think that was the beauty of the the music Mm. scene we were grew up in you know that we were immersed in was that you kind of had the you know there was no there wasn't any rhyme or reason to kind of what we were doing or there wasn't any particular way you were supposed every everyone was you were kind of encouraged to just do whatever you want you know what I mean and like you know I think well that was the beauty of it It there was no like pressure or expectation restrictions or yeah yeah. um yeah so maybe that's why it turned out that way yeah, I guess that's so interesting that like, um, and maybe it was like somewhat like organically taking things, but also with like you said, like growing up in like a household where you were like singing songs and things, because I'm sure that um, there's a lot of those like, I mean, I think a massive part of that would be that a lot of those folk punk musicians just like didn't have the chops when it came to singing with the um that you two had um but even like the idea of like some of the harmonies and like the first thing to do is like oh put some harmonies on top of this like i'm sure for (laughs) most of those musicians it was like you know um oh have we got time at the end of recording this to put like a few harmonies on like the like third line of of every chorus 
I get rather you. Rather than that being part of this is what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is we were limited in the sense that I had literally only started learning guitar and all we knew was melody and lyrics. And we sang in choirs, I guess, um, and were really used to harmonising. And I don't know, even just growing up, I, I used to always, you know, when you'd just be like listening to the radio or listening to the, I don't know, your tape or your CD, which just feels so weird saying that. Um, and, you know, I, I would always just naturally sing a harmony above it, but not maybe not realise I was doing that. So I guess, yeah, to bring back to what you're saying, John, I think probably those kind of like influences of sing-alongs at family, family gatherings and kind of like even, you know, where you'd just be singing a cappella and everything is very much melody and lyric-based. We were, that was what we knew. We didn't know arranging or playing with a band. It was just, I guess, yeah, if that makes sense. So maybe that's why that was at the kind of forefront of the music we were making or the focus of it. Yeah, yeah. And obviously um, it's not really my place to like really like interrogate where it comes from. But, um, you know, I guess like Irish, like traditional folk music with it's just like one guitar, it leaves so much space for the vocals like on purpose in yeah. a way that like the like american or like british contemporaries that are, like making folk punk like they never would have thought of that because they don't come from that like tradition of music where it's like you leave the space for the harmonies mm. rather than yeah. getting someone else to play guitar to play the lead parts yeah absolutely yeah. and i think and that maybe it's just in our subconscious nearly to to do that you know we wouldn't be we would not have been I remember at the time as well I remember like you know on a number of occasions people saying to us after listening to that album and even our second album saying you know where did the harmonies come from like where you know how how do you manage to do that but I think and I don't mean this in a kind of like cocky way at all but me and Louise were kind of like oh we've kind of thought everybody does that you know it was kind of just we thought that that's how you sing or like that's what you do when you're but I think but possibly I think yeah like in, intertwined in that maybe is the twin thing or sisters yeah, that, you know yeah. we're, we're so used to like we've home videos of us when we're toddlers walking around the garden with like buggies full of teddies and the two and the two of us we're like two or three are full on singing little melodies and kind of you hear little harmonies at times I'm like that is insane that that's happening at the age of two or three so it just me it might be partially I don't know I don't I, I haven't really analyzed this before but you know the fact that we're sisters or twins as well that maybe that just becomes a bit more naturally or just yeah just kind of weaves its way in there but I will say that it led us to challenges when we came into the second record because arranging and full band stuff wasn't necessarily a strength of ours or wasn't like something we had done before so like trying to navigate that was a challenge and a half if that makes sense we, and was something that we kind of wanted to to explore moving forward after here not there so yeah 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 so were those songs like written on guitar and then you and other people like brought those second record like the songs from the second record like up or yeah how are those songs written then no, um, they were uh, kind of a mix. I, I actually, I started doing a, a degree in music technology at the time and uh, learned Logic 
and um, started kind of playing around with synths and, and like MIDI and like the joys of MIDI and being able to, you know, not be able to play drums or strings or whatever and then suddenly be able to kind of add them into stuff. So I think that that definitely um, influenced that, the second record and, and a lot of it was kind of built up in logic a lot of the arrangements were built up initially in logic maybe written on guitar or maybe written on keys um and then kind of then we got in a band from there to kind of translate that into uh actual real instrumentation um so yeah but then again like it's it's oh man I could go into a tangent <laughs> I could go into such a tangent and all this stuff like on reflection looking back at that I would possibly do things differently now and I, I personally feel that I, I wish we hadn't strayed too much from the kind of that organic just a guitar and vocals which I think was our strength you know but I, I wouldn't I, I'm not, I don't regret what we did with the second record or songs from there on out but it was just it's interesting how you can kind of um in hindsight look back at things and and maybe would have done a few things differently yeah yeah i think um we'll definitely get to the second record because um i'd love to like hear about yeah that transition i guess but um there was one thing that i was told like i guess like i said earlier like um like certain friends of mine that would like talk about um heathers quite a bit and then um, and like some of them would be, you know, those kind of people that would go to like the Planet X Fest all the time and stuff. Mm. And um, they told uh, me this. They would once they said, and I would love to know if it's true or not. But they were like, um, they said they said that um, that one year um, that that, that um, like I guess that you had like a family holiday in like say like Chicago or something. Yeah. And then it was yeah. like. Oh, just up the road, there's this festival, like for like all these, where all these like smelly folk punks go. Like, should we all go up to to Bloomington to this festival? <laughs> is, yeah. is there any truth in that? Yes, one million percent. When we were like, so I love how you know this. It's brilliant. We were, we were. Um, I'd say we were probably seventeen. I think sixteen. Seven. I think we must have been seventeen. Amazing. We were on a family yeah. holiday in Chicago. We, my, my parents have a lot of friends in the States, so we're very, very fortunate that um, they brought us over there. We stayed with them for a bit. But Martin, our brother, at the time, this was kind of, I'd say we were 16 because it was only when we really started kind of going to gigs and stuff, Louise. Um, mm. And I didn't know very much about uh, like Planet X at the time or the, ba- the bands kind of that were involved in Planet X and Planet X West. But I remember... Martin, our brother, was very much interested and involved and he wanted to go down, managed to persuade our dad and our parents are, God love them, they're amazing. Like, they're like, absolutely, let's go. So we drove all the way down to Bloomington, Indiana. And um, yeah, like, our, we'd be pottering around, like strolling around Bloomington and like all of these punks everywhere. My parents were loving it. Um, and it was, it's even to this day, we talk about it, uh, you know, having conversations with their parents about it. It's such a fond memory. But I do remember um, me and Louise, I can't remember what gig it was, but one of the days um, going to one of the shows and saying, 
having a conversation afterwards and being saying, oh my God, wouldn't it be so amazing to play at this someday? Wouldn't it be? And I don't even know if we were playing music at the time, Louise. No, like, we weren't. We hadn't. St- I think I, I got my dates mixed up. I think I started playing guitar when I was 16 because I bought my first guitar on that oh, trip. And I think that after, I think the show we were at was This Bike's Pipe Bomb. And it was in Rhinos in Bloomington. And it was just like a packed room of sweaty people hanging from the roof. Just, you know, like everyone just kind of being themselves. You can be whoever you want to be. Like just so passionate about music. And like just the energy was absolutely insane. And I just remember the two of us, again, not really knowing the scene too much. But like coming out of that feeling incredibly inspired. And like, oh my God. I would love to be more a part of this. Felt a little bit on the outsider, a bit like, oh God, we don't know anyone, but also like pushed or, or inspired to to actually start to explore it ourselves. Well, yeah, it was, it was like actually thinking back on that now, I can't believe that Martin convinced our parents. I think one of my favourite Heather's memories is then a few years later when we played at Planet yeah. and it was honestly honestly one of the most special memories that I have like having attended it when we were like as we said there like 15 16 whatever and being like oh my god like before we were even playing music and thinking like I want to do this this is amazing it's a dream like yeah like and then being there a couple of years later um you know with all of these with a lot of people who were now really good friends of ours and getting to play it was it was unreal makes me emotional thinking about it. <laughs> mm. that's so cool isn't it yeah yeah and then Absolutely. um and you because you toured the u.s quite a few times right yeah so because when, when so when we finished we were 18 when we were doing the leaving cert which is like the final exams in school in in ireland in secondary secondary school and during that final year, we recorded Here Not There, um, like just before our exams. And essentially, if I bring it back in the summer pre- previous to or prior to us doing the leaving search, we met Chris and Hannah, Ghost Mice. They were touring in Ireland and we ended up playing uh, the same show that they were playing. And we were big fans of theirs uh, and after playing that that uh, after the show uh, they said to us look we want to put out Chris was you know we, we want to put out your record if you if you record a record can, can I put it out on my label and then come and tour the states with us and we were like oh my god that's insane uh, and then throughout the course of the next year we we did just that we we recorded here not there and then that summer literally I'd say two days after we finished our final exams and I don't know how on earth our parents allowed us or not allowed us but like trusted us certainly if I had an 18 year old kid I don't know if I'd feel too delighted about them going off with strangers across America for like a month it was over a month I think uh so yeah we we went off and we started in Chicago and we did all the kind of west coast and parts of the midwest it was, I think, just over a month um, that summer. And then the, the next summer we did all the East Coast and nearly did like all of America in those two summers, which was just insane. Um, and both times with, with Ghost Mice. So 
and then tr- and, and through those tours like you know like get, get, getting to go up to um where were we olympia and hanging out with kimmy dawson and and clyde from your heartbreaks and like meeting all these people who i guess over those years really inspired us and who we really looked up to and playing shows with them and actually making friends with them like the lads from delay and and toby foster in 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 great memories in like ohio hanging out with them like yeah it's really it's it's kind of um it's really weird feeling thinking back over those times because i feel like when we were in it ourselves we were just like very naive 18 year olds just out of school going off to america with essentially these two strangers and kind of you know when you're touring and every every day is a new city that you don't necessarily take it in at the time it's yeah. just kind of go, going through it and everything's just like so new and so exciting and when you sit and reflect on it like now or you know at a later time it's like jesus that's some experience i guess and really very feel very grateful to have have um been able to do that you know yeah definitely um like um my i've my partner um kate she she did a tour actually with 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 those lot in the in um the the east coast of the u.s and it's like some of those memories are like some of her like favorite memories ever and it's just like it's just it's it's just wild isn't it um totally and i think as well because there's like like haven't gone on and done different types of touring which are more like you know a team of people and staying in hotels there's nothing like you know traveling around in a van that's breaking around breaking down every every few days staying on people's floors you know like the amount of places there was insane places that we stayed in and the people we met but you just wouldn't experience that otherwise and I think that like a lot of people you know I'm not you know it has its ups and downs and I don't know if I'd necessarily have the energy to do that right now um <laughs> but <laughs> but um but I think that like if you get you know if you're banned and you just go straight into the whole kind of like more I don't know high level touring or you know staying in hotels or not high level but you know what I mean like the more kind of just like commercial com- com- commercial or conveyor belt of touring in a way you don't necessarily always get to experience that whole thing of staying on people's floors meeting these people and while that can be gritty and exhausting it's also like some of the best experiences i think yeah and what what was this around like 2009 10 that kind of time yeah this was the summer 2008 summer 2009 and then in the summer 2011 we went back over again and we that's where we met mimi that time and we played planet x that summer so it was three yeah and that that era i mean for me and people i talk about talk to on on this podcast actually but just like in general like that was like such the era and like when you're talking about like i guess it's funny that the culture shock of touring for you was like the culture shock of like have the, the hotels where I guess most people the culture shock would have been like what you're sleeping on people's floors uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, like getting to see yeah like you said all of these artists like you know like imagine like I just think like how cool it is where I think 
yeah, bands on that conveyor belt don't get to just like roll into Ohio and then see Delay having maybe not heard them before and be like, oh my God, this band yeah. is amazing. And then just be like, cool, like, like let's hang out for a few, for a few <laughs> hours before we sleep on your floor and like. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. And like, even when you think about it, you know, some of the little tiny towns and uh, city, well, not cities, but like we just visited so many places and so many different places like the you know the states as well is just so vast and the landscape just completely changes when you go from here to there and everywhere and we were in the little crevices and the you know it was just unbelievable I remember, and, I'll never forget actually there was on the first tour that we did with Ghost Mice in 2008 we should we you know flew into Chicago incredibly jet lagged and within the first two days we had four shows so they were daytime shows <laughs> and nighttime shows and the the on the fourth the fourth show of those first two days was in um a little town in Wisconsin like up in the middle of nowhere up like in the forests kind of I wish I remember the name it was a beautiful place but I'll never forget like it was a an evening show we ended up not playing till like one a.m. And again, really jet lagged. Like one a.m. American time is what, like six a.m., five a.m. Irish time. I do, I do remember having a little cry beforehand. We were delirious. But I'll never forget. I don't know if you've ever seen the film School of Rock yes. at all. Jack Black, the drummer from School of Rock, performed a a, a bongo a bongo set at that gig well it was literally just like it was in some kid's living room in his apartment in some town in Wisconsin the kid the kid from School wow. of Rock yeah <laughs> but I remember at the time we had no idea and then someone was like you know who that guy is that's the guy from School of Rock <laughs> and you're like yeah it would have been good if his hour drum solo wasn't an hour because we're knackered and we'd love to play yeah. our set now yeah oh <laughs> uh, Oh man, so much stuff like that though. Like, yeah, and I get, and I'd say everyone has those kind of stories, you know, like just that you wouldn't necessarily get if you were staying in a in a in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, and I guess um, that's that that's that scene was part of so many different scenes, I guess, and it was like it seemed like that time was just like you know brought together from like a idea of like and shared idea of like what DIY is rather than just like all this kind of music but there's just like when you I think about bands from that era where even like not even bands from that era but when you've got like musicians like Waxahachie that was like yeah. part of that scene but then you've also got like you know like when I was talking about how like what you were doing was like not not similar to what like folk punk was I guess that's a bit derivative of like I guess when you think of folk punk you think of a certain thing but that scene was good at like you know a band like Good Luck where you're just like they're bringing so many different things to the table and like but then like giving it to you in this like amazingly I don't know what melodic like music and I guess there's probably so many different different bands that um are musicians that like you or we could go through that you're just like wow I can't believe they were all part of this thing at the same I time know. and I think part of the beauty of it as well is you also had bands where there were like people from all corners of maybe the states in a band together and maybe bringing kind of different influences or different styles from that because I guess we think of how vast a country it is 
in mm-hmm. itself and how many different kind of cultures are within that. So may I don't know, maybe part of that, but yeah, no, totally. And like the the, the just the array of of sounds and music within that scene. Like I even I think I don't know if you remember Best Friends Forever at all. Um Best Friends they're from Minnesota. I think Minnesota, Minneapolis, Min- Minnesota is the state, isn't it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I should I should know this. But they were like they had like a real like kind of like poppy, very melodic sound to them and it was just like so good. Um who else am I thinking of? Like Paul Barbo, like even T- Toby Foster, like Sufi Nun Squad. Loads and loads and loads of bands. And even yeah, even like it's funny immense you mention uh Waxahachi. God, I can I'm terrible at these I'm not forming my words well today. But yeah, because I just I've gotten really into her music lately and didn't even put two and two together. There, there's a photo of myself and Ellie, uh the two lads from Delay and Katie Waxahachi and her sister. I can't remember her name for the life of me. But like three sets of twins when we were at Planet X. Yeah. <laughs> it, like kind of having a laugh and I was like I only put two and two together like the other day and I was like oh my god what was was it um what was her band's name oh, oh was it P.S. Elliot. P. S. Elliot yeah P.S. Elliot yeah yeah it's yeah, great to see her doing like so well and still like still making amazing music yeah definitely and I like especially yeah yeah because I think that yeah last year I thought about that because P.S. Elliot were one of my favorite that first album is one of my favorite albums ever mm. and then I was couldn't get on with Waxahachie and then this last album I was like wow and then it made me think about you know isn't it just wild how all of those musicians yeah totally yeah. And now President Obama is saying it's one of his favorite songs of the out al- of the year, I believe. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that is mental. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, and then was were w- w- some of those um I guess some of those experiences meeting those people, did that mean that um some of those bands were getting over to Ireland a little bit more because they had someone that they knew to talk to about coming over to Ireland and stuff? Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I guess, sorry, Guanlu. I was going to say to some extent because I think that, like, obviously, it's a it's a the expenses to be able to come over to Ireland is yeah. a, is massive, and I definitely there were a few bands who kind of get up, got over and did kind of tours of Europe, but definitely not as much. And like that, that's what was really, I guess, special about being able to go over to the states is just being able to see so much more. But yeah, no, there were a few. I'm trying to even think like. Ghost Mice got over a few times. Paul Barbo got over. Good luck. Spoon Boy. Spoon Boy. Yeah, like a fair amount did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and played played shows in Dublin. And that's the thing. Like, there were... I wonder, were there, were there any other bands, L that, that went over and kind of toured in the States from Ireland in that scene? I don't know. Yeah. Not quite sure. It's a funny one because I think Sean, like the the kind of as we were saying, like the kind of folk punk type or that kind of scene within Ireland seemed to it kind of sadly to some extent and it, um what's the word like uh disappear to some extent when when we all not grew up but kind of went off when people started to get into the age of like maybe going off to university 
that yeah. not everyone, you know, people were moving away or didn't have as much time for music or just kind of grew out of that scene or I'm, I'm not you know different for different various reasons and and other scenes grew out of that there was like yeah very much in Dublin that scene was based in kind of Wicklow area and then gigs started kind of veering more t- more towards Dublin city and kind of more of a kind of hardcore vibe than what had been going on previously so there wasn't necessarily a space for like the types of gigs for that type of music as time went on, if that if that makes any sense at all, yeah, it kind of yeah. changed. Yeah, I guess that's just uh, yeah, it, that's just how it all goes, isn't it? Really, it, yeah. it all seems to go in like cycles. And then I guess if other if people that people either like, yeah, I guess also that's like just after the crash, isn't it? So some people are moving away, and then yeah. some people are also just wanting to play different kinds of music. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Ireland is such a small country that, you know, say these scenes within Ireland were very, very small. And like, you know, if five people went and moved abroad, that could mean a lot of, you know, and and around that time, a lot of people were kind of heading away for college or maybe moving to different countries. Or So there's been a lot of like things constantly change or people are always moving away, coming back, moving away, coming back. So I think that kind of contributes to all of that as well, somewhat. Was yeah. it the same in the UK, do you feel, or what? how did things kind of shift or change there? Um, I was never like into f- the folk punk thing. Yeah. Um, But I guess, yeah, like I said, like so like my partner was in like bands that were somewhat like that and then like she's like best friends and I guess I am with like the Onsin lot yeah I guess they're like they're lucky that they're so good that like it's not just people that like folk punk that like that music because they're like well-written songs and not well not that like folk punk isn't like well-written I'm sure it is but like when no, I get songs you. like that, it's just like that that crosses over, I guess. But yeah, actually, when I think about it, I think that the UK had that like kind of there was a scene like the fest, like no idea, like hot water music kind of gruff yeah. fellas in like um, trucker hats was kind of similar to that scene, probably like a massive part of that scene. And that's like dead now. That's completely gone. Okay. Well, not completely, but like it's pretty much gone. So I guess, yeah, I guess these things are just like what's what's popular and what's not because yeah. it surprises me sometimes there's this band in the uk called Crywank, and they're like folk punk okay and like they've had like 30 million listens on spotify and i'm just like Jeez. wow there's like a folk punk and like when i speak to like spoke to like nathan and he's like yeah uh one of the onsen songs has like over a million plays on spotify and it's just because it's on like it's one of the like folk punk songs that gets like the folk punk algorithm and okay, like, oh, okay. So there are people in the world that like love folk punk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, There's maybe it'll right come here. back. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think Scar's coming back before folk punk, though. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I guess, yeah. That's interesting. Things change. And then those people go on to play different kinds of music, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah, when you could say, like, yeah, because I. Um, like I said before, like crowd control, were, like one of my favorite, like 
top three hardcore records ever, like that crowd control record. And I remember Nathan being like, oh, the guitarist was in like a folk punk band. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess maybe there are, I guess people probably don't want to talk about their folk punk past. So there's probably like loads of bands that I like that had a folk punk bassist or something like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Nice. And now I've outed Martin, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'd love it though. He's gone out now he's in a, he's playing in a band called Hiveys. I don't know if you've heard them at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them before, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well I don't know if they're doing much at the moment, obviously. Martin's been in so many, but like, you know, I feel yeah, like people who are into music and who like music. Like Martin was in a ska band for a while. Martin was a so many different types of music but that's the thing about martin like and and kind of like us as well like uh, we are all big fans of country music like we like so many different types of music that you know one day you might you know for a while say our music our style the style of heather's music was for our first album a very particular style the second album is very very different but that's kind of more so to do with our interests and what we like and the fact that we like so many different types of music so kind of just move and taste like, and what you're yeah. into at the time yeah 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 i love that I, I i'm always a bit suspicious when people seem to be into just like <laughs> one kind of thing <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but yeah so those so your two like lps that's a quite six out six years between the releases i mean you'd be able to tell me but that it sounds like the here not there was like released in a quick turnaround and maybe things like maybe things take longer for other like records but like yeah. what was how come it took so long well we initially released here not there through planet x and it was a split between planet x and hideaway which is an irish DIY label in 2008 and when it, it we after those kind of planet x tours things started to take off for us in ireland um a song was play a song of ours was placed on a uh, Discover Ireland ad, which is essentially like the Irish tourism board, and it ran for three years. So it just, as you can imagine, it it took our music to another level, like to the mainstream, I guess. And that's the thing about Ireland; it's so small that it's it's not too difficult for <laughs> for anyone's music to kind of get out there, if that might, to some extent. So we actually ended up re-releasing here, not there. Um, uh, through Warner in Ireland in 2010, I think. And through it, over that time, we started writing Kingdom, which is our second album. And I think, yeah, we, we ended up signing a publishing deal, like essentially got into kind of like label world, major label world. And obviously there's kind of, there's processes within that that can make things take a bit longer. And I think also it took us a while to write that second record. It was hard, you know. I think that yeah. we, we, yeah, it's that second record syndrome or whatever whatever they call it, like the pressure. We really felt the pressure. There was that pressure that was not there for here, not there. Suddenly was there for the second one. Um, probably, you know, coupled with the fact that, like, we, we, found something we loved and we wanted to do but also that like level new level of um exposure or you know within certainly within ireland anyway uh, we felt like we needed to <laughs> deliver on something uh i don't and i wasn't i don't i'm not sure if we quite knew what we wanted we were just still kind of like again learning the music industry and um 
even those things like publishing deals and things like that like everything was just so new to us that it was like again very naive very naive going into all of that but um I to, to answer your question again sorry Jesus I keep going on these tangents um is that yes there was a bit of time in between those two records partially because we re-released Here Not There in Ireland and then ended up signing deals in advance of the second one so it was a bit more of a process and it just took us a bit longer to write so yeah yeah I mean I think your tangent definitely helped like <laughs> fill out why it was so don't worry about the tangents okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah I think like when you say like you yeah it's hard to know what like when you like didn't really know what a publishing deal was to start with and that mm. I mean just last week actually i messaged a friend because um pillow queens just like signed a publish they just announced that they signed a publishing deal with yeah, Soulpop. i saw and that I just texted yeah a friend and was like what's a publishing deal <laughs> <laughs> so i guess if you haven't if you don't know the people to ask i know because yeah, you're exactly. not going to ask like you know those musicians that you played with in minnesota like who are your peers <laughs> to ask about how this stuff works yeah it's it must be difficult to know what it yeah yeah, absolutely. absolutely, and it's also it's sorry. I was just gonna say it's it's you know learned over time. You know, we 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 definitely had good people around us over the years, but it's also hard to know who to trust in the music industry. There's a lot of people who are out to screw you over, and that we we nearly got ourselves into some not so great situations. But we're very lucky to have good people around us to steer us in the right direction but it took us a while to to find those people to meet those people Mm. and I I would I will say if I was to turn back the clocks um one thing that I would like to have done was be to to educate myself more in the music industry I think that when we got we ended up getting management and which was great because they could deal with all of that stuff and that allowed us to be able to just focus on the music but at the same time, there was a lot of stuff that just went over our heads, I think, at the time, uh, I- including like the details of publishing contracts and record label contracts and licensing, because it's all so difficult and usually presented in this kind of like, you know, fancy jargon that's hard to understand. But anyway, long story short is what, what I'm saying is that I would have, if, if, if I could take something and kind of put it into my head, when we were 20 would be to don't switch off when someone starts talking about publishing actually take that stuff take that stuff in and try and learn try and understand what's actually going on I think at the same time we were really young and you know also things have changed so much now like when we were in our early 20s you know social media wasn't as big as it is now I feel like there's so much more I don't know it's a whole it's 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 an easier or maybe more accessible now than it was back then in terms of like just the that level of the the music industry you know what I mean and learning about those kinds of things we were also young we were had other stuff going on you know what I mean it was whereas I feel like now we're like 31 probably you know a bit more mature in the way we think about things as well so yeah it was a different time definitely yeah yeah did um so how was yeah so i guess yeah going to back to kingdom that we were talking about earlier Mm. um so 
I imagine that the recording process and everything was very different. Like that must have been like exciting. Like what? How? And also like totally new. So yeah. obviously, are you taking ideas that you've like recorded on your guitar or that you've recorded through like Logic, and then just like bringing it to someone or? and then just building an album over time or did you go in with the amount of songs how does that stuff all work yeah well we we went there was a long writing process and we we ended up so we signed a publishing deal in advance of recording that record and got an an, uh, advance that allowed us to be able to we went over to the uk and we in willsden in london in a studio called Assault and Battery, belong to your man Flood. I don't know if you know him at all, no. record producer. Um, but we ended up there. It, we were there for like a month, Ellie, weren't we? Yeah, we worked we with some... a lovely guy called Max Dingle. He helped us to put together. He produced it. He produced it. Um, so we went over, I think we did like a week of pre-production with him. So we brought over the songs and they're like, I guess more raw state but some of them were quite arranged um and we yeah we would have like arranged them further or you know played around with structure and stuff with him with some of them and then we I think did a week of like rehearsals we had a, a drummer and a guitarist um Tom and Rob Rob was playing with White Lies at the time Tom it was a friend of his so Interestingly enough, the musicians that we've played with since then have always all been from St Albans, um, just north of I think it's north of London. Yeah, yeah. Um, all great guys, and so they yeah they came in and we ended up nearly a month in the studio, and it was a completely yeah obviously a completely different environment because it was like a pretty stunning studio, you know, chef. In the building, wow. kind, okay. kind of. Wow. We, but we, we didn't live in the studio. We, we, we rented accommodation or whatever. But they, it's essentially the publishing deal allowed us to do that. And uh, yeah, it, so it was, it was like the extreme, the other, the to some extent, the other extreme. But it was amazing. I mean, it was, it was a, I guess, a completely different experience. Um, and it was really interesting. I think something that we both really wanted to do, like. A lot of the music we listened to or had started listening to around that time was, you know, I can't, like I was listening to a lot of Santa Gold and like maybe more electronic music, uh, pop, electronic kind of stuff and, and indie, like lots of different styles, but everything for the most part was like full band. And that's something that we really wanted to do and to have that experience and being able to like play live and tour with the band. So that was the kind of plan, I guess, with Kingdom. It was just we naturally gravitated towards wanting to create an album that maybe, I guess, was naturally influenced by what we were listening to, but was more fuller band sounding. Ellie, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, but it was it was a really enjoyable experience. And I think like Max and the lads, like the musicians that we worked with, were all just real big music heads who loved music and mm were really really helped us to try and kind of like um put our vision into into practice or whatever um but it was just still having the crack yeah and you know having 
it just yeah it was it was great it was really great it wasn't it wasn't very it wasn't like all very serious yeah there was no 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 yeah to do it but like it was it was great it was really enjoyable and I, and I would say absolutely like it's similar in ways to some extent those memories that come from those like tours in the states the memories from recording that record as well are just as just as like uh what's the word like Absolutely. lovely and, and what did you say Ellie? word lovely <laughs> just as what was your word but like lasting and memorable you know yeah yeah ju- <laughs> Christ. um anyway they're they're you know had some incredible times as well so and, and to, to to be able to have to that um that uh privileged or you know to be able to have a publishing deal that allowed us to go into a studio and just immerse yourself in that for like over a month with other musicians and to explore that was like a really great um opportunity in itself yeah 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 because people don't not a lot of people get that like um do they with like musicians you can play music all your life but I, I think about that all the time that people get to just go in and be like right we've got these songs now we're going to spend a month tearing them apart putting yeah. them back together it's, it's it's amazing i know and it's not often that you get the chance to do that because it's bloody expensive yeah, <laughs> to yeah. go and do that kind of thing like even now i i i've been working on a kind of a new project lately and it's all being done in such like little bits because of you know wanting to keep costs low and uh, well obviously many other factors COVID moving country but um yeah it, it's it's not often and e- and even with the work etc like having a, a kind of a full-time job now you, you don't necessarily have the time as well I think to be able to go in and, and really spend that time on your 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 passion your you know music your creativity and and yeah I think it's just um it's a cool thing to be able to do yeah and after the record was that when the the more of the conveyor belt touring came along yes yes yeah but again that it was absolutely magical like we had an amazing team of people we had tom and boomer uh boomer was our drummer tom our guitarist um we a number of different unbelievable sound engineers who we worked with um a guy called connor who was lovely um and karen from canada who um was uh, is uh, is absolutely unbelievable um and then keith our unreal guitar tech and we were just this little family um yeah. you know traveling to all, all all over the world and like jesus when i think about it now we're just we were so lucky so fortunate um to just get to hang out with all of these amazing people um who helped us to do you know to make our music better to make our performances better but it was definitely a completely different type of touring you know as louise said earlier um flying from a to b to z and then you know staying in hotels and turning up for sound check every day and you know, but it was, but that brought its own, like, touring was amazing, but it brought a lot, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was challenging as well. Would, would you agree with me, Louise? I would. It brought, it brought its own stresses. Uh, yeah. it, and, and also the monotony of that sometimes. Yes, while it's so exciting, like, if there's, there's, the, the routine is a bit like, can become, 
I don't know. Uh, don't know quite with the word. Even like just like with eating and like exercise and things like that, which are very important to me in life. <laughs> Two top things, food. No, food, music. But exercise for the own mental health. Like there's, there's not always opportunities to kind of have a routine that kind of can keep you you know ticking over in a in a healthy way and yeah I th- and also you know financially you know there's many yeah there are other stresses that came with with that kind of touring but balanced with great times too and really interesting opportunities like we ended up playing at an a pre-oscars party in la in um Bad Robot, which is J.J. Uh, Abrams like, production studios in Santa yeah. Monica. And like, that was just, again, one of those like <laughs> gas moments that I just can't even quite even comprehend at this stage. Um, so, yeah, like it just. Yeah. And, and, and another kind of another side completely. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to piece all these bits together in my head as I speak. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah, it's it's so cool that like two people that are able to look back and like talk it, about it like that are were able to have within just a few years such like different different experiences. Mm-hmm. And um, did you with like publishing deals? Some people, I guess, do like it comes with like songwriting and stuff like that. Did you ever like do songwriting for other people and stuff like that? Yeah, we did. We did for a while. Um, oh, I, I, for, you know, we were given briefs by the publishing company for different artists and we had to give it a lash, but you just like you churning out songs and songs and songs and then sending them in and sending them in and not hearing anything or, you know, that kind of thing or hearing something back, but then you're waiting to see if the artist actually, uses it or not or that kind of thing it was a weird world that whole um publishing th- side of things and writing for the people and it's fantastic because you know it's it's kind of really it's one of the ways I suppose in the music industry of making money nowadays really if you want if you're talking about trying to make a living or being able to survive you know um but and but we I think it's, very- a, it's a hard it's a hard one to kind of have any kind of uh regular work in unless you're like top of the top of the range you, you know like it, it's all about like if you get one hit then you know someone you know people want to work with you and so it's hard to kind of break through in that industry I think there were a few there were a few ones that like one time we were we ended up riding on it and a track for a uh, Sean DePaul at one stage oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't actually come through there was also a thing with david david getta like again just really bizarre things but nothing really of significance came to fruition i did i i got more into writing for ads after that and still i'm, I'm doing that and i i will say i do love that kind of personally i love the writing to a brief i um because it's I don't have to think too deeply about it. I'm not like taking it personally. I'm 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 writing music and I'm I like the challenge of it. So I'm more I've more so got into the ad world when it comes to music. Um yeah, we tried that writing for other people or had some experiences of it, but it's a hard world to I think break into and to make a living in. Yeah, cuz I guess 
<clears throat> this might be me just projecting, but like it sounds like that writing for people is in the middle of like the ads where yeah it's too a brief but then like with that album i don't know like a song like forget me nots it seems i mean it's so personal that it seems that it's like really like universal but like yeah. <laughs> trying to get somewhere in the middle kind of if you can write a song like forget me nots i guess it's like must be hard to write something for something where it needs to be like something that people can understand and relate to but mm. then also it's you know it's not like for it can still you still know that like someone can be like nah and that must be difficult I know yeah yeah and I think that's where you know things started to I don't know I think become I don't know if challenging is the right word to use to be honest but um it was a that was a difficult time where we were kind of spending a lot of time writing, trying to write for other people, but also trying to write new stuff for ourselves, and kind of getting a little bit lost caught in, in between. Or yeah, what you say, Lou? I was saying caught in between the two. Yeah, in a way. In between and trying to figure out what we were, what we wanted to write ourselves for ourselves, or what we were trying to do at that point, versus then trying to also do stuff for for other people and trying to figure out what sound yeah it was it was it was a tricky time I think looking back on it now yeah yeah and um I guess like so um where are Heather's at at the minute I guess is that kind of yeah yeah so we kind of so at the moment well I am we're not we're not active at the moment um we kind of around that time so I can't even remember what year that would have been, Louise, but... Um, Let's say 2017, 16, 17. So we released one after Kingdom, we released um, Call Home and we released... Three singles, November and Midnight Train. Midnight Train, which were mm. really important songs to us. But I think we were kind of at a stage where we were feeling a lot of pressure. Um, it was becoming more of a chore and a stress for us. And we we kind of felt that we needed to take a break and just take a step away from it. Um, and also we had, at that point, like myself, Louise, our twin sisters, we've spent at that nearly probably spent every day with each other in our li- entire lives. Um, and then we'd been obviously for Heather's working, touring with each other that I think we kind of needed to figure out our identities or kind of, just take a step away from that and try and figure out our own personal individual identities. Um, so at that point I went back to college and while we were still kind of doing heavy stuff, I went back and finished my degree teaching degree. I'm a primary school teacher. And, um, then I decided to move to New York for two years. So, um, and, and Louise kind of started doing her own stuff then writing her own music um, and I think it was really, really important time. Like now it's amazing because for a while stuff to do with Heather's became kind of, I don't know, there was a bit of a negative connotation with it, I think, for both of us, where we were kind of in this stage of like, we felt like we should still be writing music, but we kind of felt like we also needed a break from it. Um, but I think that space where I moved away we stayed here and we just kind of lived our own separate lives for a while really helped us to kind of be able to reflect on it and figure out what we really wanted to do so we're still kind of Louise I'll let Louise I'll let you speak I'm not going to speak for you but Louise has been writing her own stuff um and yeah. 
yeah like I mean it's 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 not to say that we won't revisit it at some stage and come back to writing music together but I think at the moment we are content with the way things I'll let Louise I'll let you continue we're con- yeah we're content in what we're doing and, and, and I, I think Ellie's bang on there it became things became like it wasn't fun it wasn't fun anymore and I think Ellie wanted and needed to go back and finish that degree also to move to the states it's probably one of the best decisions we made because we needed to kind of grow a bit as individual people I started writing music myself as a separate kind of project and doing a lot more kind of ad work, also working in this college and kind of went and did a master's and things like that. Or no, sorry, doing a master's with Mo. Um, but, but you know what I mean? I started exploring other avenues and other skills and things like that. And I'm, I'm currently working on a solo project. I'm planning to release some music in the coming months, hopefully. Wow, but really? I, yeah, and I, and I, that's, I'm really excited to do that because it's taken me like, probably the last three years to like be able to kind of find myself apart from Heather's and to figure out what I really wanted to do so I'm looking really looking forward to doing that and as Ellie said that's not to say we won't come back and do more Heather's we definitely hopefully will but we have both said that whatever we do we need to be coming back to it in kind of on the same page and with a positive it needs to be like a fun thing do you know what I mean I think at the end of the day with any music and even the stuff I'm doing myself now it needs to be something that you're enjoying and that you feel good about I I think once it starts to become a chore or negative energy around it for us anyway it's time to kind of take a step back and figure out what's not quite right there you know so that's kind of where we're at at the moment uh, well, that's great, isn't it? That I guess, yeah, you get those experiences can like make sure that you know that you're not going to be put. I must be. I guess twenties is a strange decade, isn't it? And like, just so much learning. So to be able to uh, get to a point where you're like, well, now I know that we're not going to do anything that we don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the dream, so, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I just absolutely. take the time, I guess, to 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 learn that or to be able to kind of it took us some time to be able to to see that anyway definitely were you going to say something Ellie? I was just going to say that it the beauty of like being able to because we stepped away and we kind of just worked on ourselves as individuals for a while like as I said being being in Heather's together was the most amazing experience in the world because you know we had the support of each other we it's unbelievable to be able to have had all of those experience but have had had been able to share them with somebody and be able to talk about them now but the other side to that was that you know we were very reliant on each other and I think we needed to kind of take a step away from each other and grow a bit as individuals and then now it means that like you know we're able to look back on all of those experiences that we had so fondly really appreciate them for you know and we're so grateful for all of those experiences and um I think we needed to step away to be able to do that um, and to be able to now, like, as you said, Sean, just like, you know, do what we want to do. And just, you know, like, as Louise said, I don't think there's any point in doing anything if if you're not happy doing it, if you're not fully in it and you don't want to do it, you know. Yeah. So have you been releasing music for the last few years, Louise, or is it just been getting ready to release what you're going to release soon? Yeah, it's been it's been a long 
along getting ready. I've I've kind of gone through like three iterations of of music, like recorded stuff. Then I was like, oh, this isn't quite me. And it wasn't until actually the lockdown in March that I started finally started writing stuff that I'm like, okay, this feels right. And it's back to the old acoustic guitar and just voice. Actually, it's just very simple. Um, so, uh, yeah, I finally feel at a place where it's it's yeah, it it feels right if that makes sense. So hopefully, over the next few months, um, I'll have something out anyway. That's amazing. And do you feel like those experiences from before made you be able to actually like understand that it didn't feel like you and that you just got to keep plugging away and you'd know that it will when it does? Absolutely. I I can't even express how much it took reflecting on all of that to be able to finally get to the place now where I'm like, actually, this is the this feels right. And this is what it feels like to write music and being being in it. I actually ended up in therapy going back and looking at those times of first writing with 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 heathers and and around those kind of planet x times and really trying to dig into what is it about that stage that kind of like rawness of all of that that like was so enjoyable and felt right and felt like us or felt like me anyway and trying to tap back into that so yeah i think sorry i'm I'm getting a little uh getting a little personal there but um it yeah but essentially it it, it it took a while I think to be able to and, and reflecting on those experiences absolutely that, helped yeah that's brilliant as well because some people I think without doing that like really hard interrogation I guess of like trying to find that a lot of people dismiss that feeling as like youthful exuberance but mm. I'm that is it's so good to hear that you were able to like do what might have been difficult I guess at times to actually yeah. but now like you're reaping the benefits from that rather than being like oh well what that feeling can never be attained again or like something like that feeling can never be attained again yeah totally I think it's and I think it's well worth kind of doing that work because otherwise I feel like I would have been continuing on in a kind of a stream of this doesn't quite feel right I'm not quite sure what I want to be doing do you know what I mean it, it somehow allowed me to to figure out what was the right thing for me if that makes sense yes okay that's brilliant i think that's probably like the perfect place to like wrap this conversation <laughs> up i guess <laughs> yeah absolutely it's, it's so like it's such a optimistic place to finish knowing that there'll be music at some point hopefully within the <laughs> next few months yeah yeah totally brilliant thank that you that was great Bo. thank you thank you really fun. enjoyable it was a cold cold night that evening back in November when I caught your eye Didn't know when to let go so I held on tight Hanging out for some adventure when I realized That you're always searching for more Oh, when the world is a mysterious place It can work in your favor, it can Work in strange ways Oh, you left me in the cold of the winter When the skies were heavy I was out on my own Oh, you left me in the cold of the winter When my heart was heavy You were gone 
Gone, gone. 